Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Melissa Widener. Melissa is the CEO of Lighter Capital, the pioneer and leader in revenue-based financing for tech startups, founders, and companies. Previously, Melissa was the managing director of NAB Ventures, the VC arm of National Australia Bank, and the general partner at Seattle-based Seapoint Ventures. She is a co-founder and chairperson of Sydney-based Heads Over Heels, an organization that supports women entrepreneurs running companies with high growth potential. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Let's get started. So, Melissa, as a woman supporting tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so I have I was always pretty entrepreneurial as one of those kids that had businesses. Um, but I uh, ran an industrial supply company that was a turnaround early in my career. Um, I started a software company in Silicon Valley in um, a little bit also early in my career, actually. And, and both of those companies had uh, very successful exits. And then I spent a little time in banking, but I went into venture capital in um, 2000 and have been in the venture capital industry for the better part of two decades. Most recently, I was running National Australia Bank's venture fund out of Australia. And one of our portfolio companies at National Australia Bank, a company that National Australia Bank and Silicon Valley Bank invested in, is Lighter Capital. And I went on to Lighter Capital's board in 2018. And then in 2020, when we needed to bring in a new CEO to Lighter Capital, I just really liked the company and had a vision for it. So I became Lighter Capital CEO in about two years ago. Oh, great. Great, great uh, career, you know, starting out as an entrepreneur and then going to banking and then really becoming a venture capitalist. That's great. Yeah, and one thing that is probably relevant, well, for a lot of things, but for this podcast, um, I am the co-founder and the current chair of an organization out of Australia called Heads Over Heels that supports female entrepreneurs running high growth companies. That's a nonprofit organization. So that's probably one of my biggest passion areas of passion. That's great. So we share a lot of the same passions. Mm. So, you know, I read something um, not too long ago that said 2% of venture capitalist funding goes to women businesses. What what do venture capitalists look for? Why only 2%? <laughs> yeah. And sadly, the number is changing, but it hasn't changed that much. What is changing, what I've noticed over my two decades and what has is borne out with data is that actually more women are getting funded. We're still not seeing the the absolute dollars go because mm-hmm. so many of those really large rounds are are not going to women led companies. Mm-hmm. But um, you know what venture capitalists? Well, historically, most venture capitalists are, have been men. I mean, they were almost all men mm-hmm. when I started mm-hmm. my venture career in two thousand. Um, but that's that's also changing very slowly, but that is changing, and we're seeing a lot more women enter the field. Um, and you know, most of the big firms now, I don't know if I should say most, but a lot of the big firms now have at least a woman at the junior level. And that might not sound very impressive, but if you went back 10 years ago, that would not have been the case. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's very, it's changing, and there's been a, a focus on it, which is a good thing. 
because we know that when there's more women writing checks, there will be more women getting funding. Mm -hmm. I would Mm -hmm. say, you know, one of the reasons um, women have not historically received the same share of VC as their male counter VC funding as their male counterparts is that VCs really look for pattern recognition. You know, we all have unconscious biases. Mm-hmm. So what you're used to seeing are, you know, uh, male entrepreneurs running these venture backed tech companies that go on to, you know, become large companies and create a great return for shareholders. That is, you know, that that's what you assume is going to be the safest bet going forward. So tell me a little bit more about pattern recognition so our listeners can understand that. Yeah, and, and this is really interesting. I mean, it, what's really interesting from where I sit now with Lighter Capital. So Lighter Capital is a capital uh, funding provider. It's non-dilutive funding for mm-hmm. startups, primarily SaaS startups. And it's it's a form of, it's revenue-based financing. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we provide funding to companies. It's a form of debt. They pay us back a percentage of revenue until the until the loan is paid off. So it's very okay. founder-friendly revenue. Lighter doesn't take any equity. We don't take any control. Um, but I, 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 that doesn't sound like a direct answer to your question. <laughs> but in Lighter's decision-making process, we are completely data-driven. So whereas a VC you know, a VC's decision-making process, there's data that goes into that as well. But I know from being a VC and a lot of VCs you talk to, they say the number one thing they're looking at is team. And team is a subjective measurement, right? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting in looking at Lighter and looking at all the companies, Lighter has done close to a thousand financing rounds since we started over a decade ago, that about 41% of the companies we funded have either a female um, founder leader or a female on the senior management team, which is a much higher percentage than you'd see in venture back companies historically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's because we, we team isn't even part of what we look at when we're making our decision, our investment, our, our decision, whether or not to invest, it's all driven by data. So it's interesting when you take out that, you know, that, that bias, Mm-hmm. Um, and there isn't, you know, the pattern recognition that we look for at Lighter is is completely driven by the numbers. It's customer churn, it's customer growth, um, it's, you know, uh, revenue growth. So when you take out that bias, um, how more money flows to, you know, to women and, and companies that aren't, that, that aren't, you know, led by, you know, what we would typically see as a, um, you know, a, a tech founder. So are there more companies like Lighter out there um, that are data-driven rather than, you know, the VCs that are team-driven? Yeah. And look, to be clear, VCs would, would say they're data-driven as well. Right, right. Decisions. right. But, but there are. And, and this space, Lighter was really the pioneer in this revenue-based financing space. And especially in the last few years, we've seen, we've seen more inference, which is great. And there's been... Uh, a growing awareness that there, you know, there's there's this form of capital available to grow, you know, to grow your business. And and I should also mention that we are not, um, we are we, our, our revenue based financing from lighter capital and venture financing are not mutually exclusive. 
a lot of our companies will go on to get venture financing. And some of our companies use us in between venture rounds, especially today in today's market, where um, you know there's been a big compression on valuations because we don't set a valuation for the company. It's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. you know, it's funding that's paid back as a percentage of revenue. Um, it's a good alternative for you know in between venture rounds, mm-hmm. but um, but you know this this can sit with no venture funding, with venture funding, or potentially you know companies that are going to get venture funding later. And and a, a big chunk of our companies will never go on to get venture funding. And, and it's either because they you know don't want to give up that control mm-hmm. or they're potentially not in a large enough market. So venture capitalists are typically unicorn hunters looking for you know companies that can or investments that can return the entire their entire fund. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's a lot of great companies out there with nice growth that aren't necessarily going to be worth a billion dollars. And that's that makes up a big, you know, big subset of our of our portfolio companies. Very neat. I'm learning so much. So I've owned a business for 32 years and I've taken loans from banks, but have Hmm. never even thought of going to a VC or, you know, uh, something like lighter, which is revenue based financing. Yeah. So I I don't know how you decide. So if you can get bank funding, Mm-hmm. Um, and and get it under terms, and I don't even mean the cost of capital terms, but I mean the other terms that could come along with bank funding in terms of financial covenants. Then mm-hmm. that's probably a it'll be a lower cost option. Okay. Um, but most of our com- companies would do not qualify for bank funding because I banks. Why well, used to like I said I came from running National Australia Bank's venture fund, and National Australia Bank invested into Lighter because they wanted to you know, have something to offer uh, these companies that are early stage, but um, won't necessarily qualify for a bank loan yet. Mm Because banks are typically looking for um, positive cash flow, Mm -hmm. hard assets, uh, personal guarantees from the owners. And, you know, that's not something that for a revenue-based finance, that's not something that's required with Lighter Capital's revenue-based financing. Very interesting. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because, you know, I learned very early on when you go to bank funding, you better do it when things are good. <laughs> you don't yeah. go when things are bad. You'll yeah. never get it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so, well, that's that's good with every type of funding is, mm-hmm. you know, get it when you don't necessarily when you're not desperate for it. Right, right, right. No, that's true. And, um, you know, the challenge with the bank funding that I felt is it took a long, long time mm. because they end up bringing SBA in and started to, yeah. you know, do it as an SBA loan. And that was fine for us as a business, but the the entire process took about eight months. And wow. I was thinking if somebody <laughs> was really desperate, can you imagine they could have gone out of business in that period of time? Well, and it's also just, um, you know, the, the most, usually the most valuable asset that a company has is the time of its, you know, founder slash CEO. Mm-hmm. So not only the fact that it took eight months, you know, how much of your time did it take right. in that application process? Right, right. 
and time that and, you could have been building customers, you know, building your And teams. I gave them that feedback to the bank. I said, you know, it's really important for you guys to understand entrepreneurs don't have that kind of time no. <laughs> and they don't have, you know, a lot of times they may need the money faster so that they can go and grow their business, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I don't know if they can change that, but that SBA process was brutal, brutal, mm. brutal. Mm. Yeah, everything is like yeah. in underwriting, and then oh, we need this, oh, we need that. You know, it just right. kept going. So, just you know, interesting experience. So, um, Melissa, you know, this podcast is focused around bridging the culture, pay, and employment gap for women in tech. What are you seeing in the industry today from your lens? Well, there's so much good news out there, um, right. really over the last decade. Um, I mean, the numbers are still abysmal on many fronts, but there's real change happening. And um, I mean, the real change happening is you see, you know, I, I live primarily in the, you know, tech and, and um, venture world, but you see, you know, venture capitalists looking at how and, and reporting on how many companies that they fund have um, are female led or have female founders. And, you know, that's not something we would have we would have seen before. Um, you see companies really focused on making sure there's gender, not all companies, but a lot of companies making sure there's gender diversity mm-hmm. um, and all kinds of diversity in their, mm-hmm. in their teams, not just their, you know, management teams. But on better the for the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. And we know, I mean, look, I, I, I don't know if we have to go into this now, but there's just been uh, there's a lot of studies that show that companies do better when there's diversity on the management team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing for business. <laughs> so that's the, you know, one of the primary reasons to, um, you know, to make sure that you have that in your portfolio. But, um, you know, there's still a long ways to go. And I'm sure you're familiar with the saying, you can't be what you don't see. Mm-hmm. And we still don't see enough women running, um, you know, these, these um, high growth technology companies uh, to where women naturally, young women naturally think that's a path, although Mm -hmm. that is changing quite a bit. They need to see role models, definitely. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of my reasons for doing this podcast for them to listen, to say, wow, if she could do it, I can do it. You know, I can put myself, I can see myself in that role. Uh, because I see a woman in that role. So hopefully, you know, we are changing. And I'm glad you're seeing some good news, you know, because the awareness is in the market now to say, okay, you know, there are some stats that show female-led organizations have better bottom lines, they have better collaboration, they have better diversity, all of those types of things. So there's a lot of good that can come from it. But I'm glad to hear that the the awareness is starting to you know spread a little bit. Yeah, and and just um, I mean, there's just so much value from measuring. So mm-hmm. you know, one example is uh, the ASX 200. Those are the um, the top 200 publicly listed companies in Australia, and. Mm-hmm. Back in, I might, I'm not have the dates exactly right, but let's say 2009 or 2010, um, companies started reporting on the number of females they had on their boards. So if you were an ASX mm-hmm. company, you had to report on it. So there was no mandate or there was no minimum requirement. You didn't have to have any, but you did have to report on it. Mm-hmm. And at that time, 
um, and again, I might be a little bit off on the dates here, but there were about 9% of uh, uh, public company directors in Australia for the ASX 200 were females. And then you fast forward 12 years, you know, 10 years later, it was mm-hmm. you know, close to 30%. It may even be more now. Wow, but, that's great. You know, what changed is once people start reporting on it and measuring yep. it, they start realizing, okay, we, you know, there's probably some change we need to make here. Yeah, the awareness is half the battle. I always say that. So that's mm. really true. Yep. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. Um, so what are some lessons or best practices that you can share around running a SaaS business? Well, one, there are, there are so many. And in fact, uh, Lighter Capital on our site, which is lightercapital.com, we have, um, I was just looking at this with our head of marketing, but we have produced 340 um, pieces of content research around this, mostly around this. So there's lots of information there. Um, Mm -hmm. So depending on what you wanted to look at, you know, depending on the sector, depending on, um, uh, you know, are you talking about what are the best practices around marketing or around sales? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's, there's, I I wouldn't even know where to start um, Mm -hmm. because so much content or, or so much information there. But I would say, you know, getting your funding partner right and getting your funding strategy right is key because Mm -hmm. without that um, there's really nothing so and funding might be customer-led funding where it's all revenue driven and you know companies that are completely bootstrapped Um, or you know if you need a lot of capital um, to get you know revenue any revenue you're probably you will have to go down the the venture route or the angel route but then there's these alternatives for companies like we we lighter capital funds companies that have 15 a minimum of $15,000 in MRR monthly recurring revenue and okay. there's that path to go down so i i would say you know when i when i look at companies that have uh, made you know mistakes that are hard to recover from um a lot of you know a lot of times it's it, it has to do with the funding strategy, having the wrong funding strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So having the right funding strategy and having the right funding partner is critical. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you're yeah. when you're looking for funding for your company, um, you know it's important to look at what else are you getting beyond money from your funding partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you getting introductions? Are you getting um, their network that you can, exactly. you know, yeah, yeah, that you can, you know, leverage. That's really important. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's uh, going back to uh, this organization um, that I chair in Australia called Heads Over Heels. What mm-hmm. Heads Over Heels does is they select a portfolio of um, female-led high-growth companies. If you have to be a mm-hmm. high-growth company to support and the support is introducing them to a network and it's the network Mm -hmm. of heads over heels what what heads over heels calls our connectors and these are senior business leaders both men and women who are willing to open up their networks make introductions for these you know really impressive um female-led businesses and what we know is that um, in general there's lots of exceptions to the rule but in general women aren't as well connected 
as men, mm-hmm. they have access mm-hmm. to the, the, the networks that are very helpful in growing your business, just uh, particularly around the networks for obtaining capital and any of the networks for, you know, getting strategic relationships that, that help growth. I think all kinds of networks, because, you know, I've been in business many, many years, and I wow. always see that women don't have the opportunity to be at more networking events and things like that. They're taking care of their children. They need to go home. They need to, you know, whereas men have more of that freedom so they can go out and network more and build that network. Whereas women don't have that opportunity all the time to do that. And hopefully that's changing now, but you know, that is a big piece of growing your business is your network. Yeah, Jennifer, that is such a good point. And I think even today, in fact, I was just lamenting that fact with somebody from um, Australia about um, who's, I can't even remember, but putting together, you know, different events, these sort of networking dinners that are for women and men. And they wanted to make sure, it was in the tech space, they wanted to make sure, you know, that they had gender diversity at these these events. And what they found is that women were a lot more likely to um, cancel at the last minute or not, not show up at the last minute than, than men were. And I, and I have found that as well. And I think it's, it's, it's probably, you know, exactly what you said They're mm-hmm. they're off more oftentimes they're taking care of the kids and, mm-hmm. and, you know, so doing the, you know, doing the, the, the networking pieces that take place, you know, those breakfasts and those dinners, um, and even the weekends mm-hmm. are, you know, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't um, be, but they don't have but, that ability to just drop everything and go. Yeah, yeah. And may, yeah. The responsibilities are there and they, you know, take it seriously. And um, we, I saw something that that talked about how many millions of women left the workforce uh, during the pandemic because it was way too stressful for them to manage a job and kids and homeschooling and a spouse at home, you know, actually working from home, the bandwidth, the devices, all of those things were big challenges. So that was very sad because, you know, we work so hard to get women into the workforce, into technology, Mm. and then they're leaving and it's just frustrating, but hopefully they're all coming back. (laughs) Yeah, and not not at the rate that we would hope, no, right? No, right. So I think that, um, and and it, you know, having worked in, I spent some time at a big company at National Australia Bank, and spend time with a lot of other big companies, and looking at, you know, this is something that they struggle with. They know that they lose a lot of, you know, their their great team members when they go when they go on maternity leave, leave to have children. You know, a lot of times they're not coming back. So there's actually a couple interesting heads over heels portfolio companies that have one is called Grace Papers, um, and I'm I'm the other one slipping my mind, but it'll come to me. But that that have mm-hmm. systems and technology in place for companies that help them keep their um, keep their employees who go away on maternity or paternity mm-hmm. leave engaged mm-hmm. in the Good. you know they help they help them through that process, but they in in you know through they help them you know, with the leave, but they help sort of keeping them can help keep them connected to the company. That's great. That's great. Mm. Because they don't want to lose that, you know, connection, because then you have to start all over. And it's very, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I mean, one thing that I am really heartened to see is that more, uh, that men are taking paternity leave, that's becoming Mm -hmm. more common. 
Um, we have, we offer the same leave to men as we do to women at Lighter Capital. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer paid maternity and paternity leave, and it's not different for either one. Nice. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that has to happen. You know, the, 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 the childcare responsibilities have to, um, Split more be divided. Yeah, things, before things are really going to change, right? Oh, I love that. I love that Letter Capital is taking steps to change that, right? So men also can take the paternity leave at the same rate as as women, so they can share in that responsibility. That's great. Yeah. And they're and they're ta- they're taking it, which is which is we love. Nice. Yeah, that's great. That is great. So, um, you know, we learn. Every day we learn something. As you look back on your career, is there anything you wished you had known about leading a tech business now, then that you know now? Well, I think one thing I did well, but I should have done it even more was uh, it, it's, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but it is you, uh, you get so much out of the network that you build. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had spent more time on that mm-hmm. um, because it's just, it, it, when I, when I can look back to a company um, that I ran seven software, and as I said, that had a good exit and I can look back to so many of the things that happened that were positive for that company had to do with, you know, meeting the right person at the right mm-hmm. time it connected me to, you know, either the piece of knowledge I needed or the person I needed or the funding mm-hmm. source. Um, so making sure, you know, it would have been better to spend even more time. Yeah. 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 And then also I would say going back to when I think of when I ran the industrial supply company, um, when I was, you know, quite young, then I took one vacation in five years and oh, that wow. is something that, um, was really not a good idea. <laughs> so, you know, you, you know, we know creativity comes in the downtime and you get refreshed and reinvigorated. Yep. And the recipe so, for success is to have that downtime so you can open up your mind, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I would say, I wish I had done that differently. Um, uh, and when I came into, when I took the helmet lighter, lighter has a policy where we have unlimited vacation. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's pretty generous. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I was coming from Australia at the time in Australia, everybody has four weeks, you know, it's sort mm-hmm. of, you start a job with four weeks, you end a job with four weeks, four weeks is okay. pretty much standard, okay. but, um, and everybody takes it. People take mm-hmm. their four weeks vacation and even take unpaid leave. I'm mean, probably because if you're going to go anywhere, it takes that long to get out of the country and get because yeah, it's but, um, not far away. <laughs> yeah, but I I was surprised at lighter when I came in that people weren't really taking vacation or taking a lot of vacation. So one of the things that we did is we started um, paying people a bonus for taking vacation. Oh, wow. And we pay people a hundred or we pay people $500. So it's not a lot Mm -hmm. of money, but if they take a week and they have to take a week without checking their email. Oh my gosh, you guys are (laughs) Then, and and, and we say, look, we will Slack you. We will text you if it's urgent, but -hmm. if you can actually, uh, you know, stay off email for a week, you'll get that $500 bonus. And then we make sure and celebrate it when they, when they do take it and really make sure people, you know, know that, you know, there's more companies like that. That is amazing. Well, I, 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 it's, 
it's, I think it's good for the people, but it's actually really good for the company. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, this isn't all, this isn't completely selfless on the company side. It's, you know, we know we have better, happier, more productive people. Right. Yeah. And retention, nobody, you know, nobody's competing with you in those areas. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is really, really good. Cause there's most companies make you feel bad if you're not working at night or, you know, you, you feel bad, like you're totally disconnected and it's just one night you spend with your kids, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's horrible. So that's really, really great. That's really great. I love that. Now, how often do you go to Australia and back? Well, I, my primary residence is in Australia. Oh, so okay. I split my time. I, I ended up here a lot of last year because Australia um, really almost virtually shut its borders mm-hmm. when COVID crept into Australia last June, mm-hmm. but I, but I go back and forth. So our team members, we launched um, in Australia about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And we have two members there. We have two members in the U.S. We actually have, I think, now it's seven different countries where we have people okay. working. Going remote was fantastic in a lot of ways. And um, we went remote, you know, as a mm-hmm. lot of companies did after the pandemic and found out that it can work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I spend a lot of time in Australia, probably about half the time. Nice. I want to go. It's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Every, like uh, everybody says that, Jennifer. And um not a lot of people, everybody says they're going to visit. Not a lot of people do. So now, they where, just, where would you recommend? It's really long. Where would you recommend? So I have a friend who lives in Perth. Mm. And um, Perth is farther from the U.S. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so where is, is Sydney the place that we should go? Or where would you recommend? Oh, yeah. I mean, Sydney, Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, Oh, the, the barrier reef, you know, what's left mm-hmm. of it. Um, there's, I mean, there's, you know, so, so many beautiful areas to visit. In Australia. Nice. But typically when nice. people come, they, you know, Sydney's the first stop. They, right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm adding it to my bucking yeah. list. It's on my bucket list, but now I'm going to add the cities in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably a really good time to visit right now because the U S dollar is so strong. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of countries, actually, I was reading an article that said, you know, we are now on par with the uh, euro. Yeah. Which is yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Melissa, this was so much fun. It was an honor to have you on the show. Um, in closing, who inspires you and why? Well, there's a very long list there, but <laughs> I would say on a daily basis, I have four kids. I have four boys and a, a mm. um, you know wonderful husband, and I am you know inspired by them all the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. How old are your kids? They are. Uh, my youngest is eleven, and my oldest is twenty-four. Okay, so nice ages that you can actually, you know, inspire them and be inspired from them. Yeah. Because I have two girls that are. Uh, in their early 30s and they inspire me every day I learn from them every day which is amazing right yeah no that's great thanks for um, hosting me Jennifer it was it was really nice to meet you and I love the work that you're doing and I love the work that you're doing you you know head over heels is is fascinating to me um and all the good work that you're doing we're 41 percent 
of your funding is going to women. That's really, really great. And we're changing those numbers so that they are stronger and making a difference for women. So thank you for everything that you're doing. If you don't mind, if you could share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so it's, um, I'm on LinkedIn. It's Melissa Widner, W-I-D-N-E-R, and it's Lighter Capital, and I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, and Lighter Capital, if you are a company looking for funding, I don't think we talked about this. You talked about how long it took with your bank, but mm-hmm. Lighter Capital, the application process is about 10 minutes if you're a slow typer. Um, funding within days. So it's, you know, if, if that's something that people are interested in, it's just lightercapital.com slash apply. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Melissa. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you again. Thank you, Jennifer. All the best. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.